You're listening to AW360, a podcast from Advertising Week. Recorded in studio and live at Advertising Week's global events, AW360 features thought leadership conversations with the best and the brightest in the advertising, marketing, and technologies industries each and every week. If you enjoy AW360, we'd appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and maybe even leave a positive review. Thanks for listening. Nat and Jasmine, welcome to the AW360 podcast. I'm so pleased to have you on today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. Now, you are VP of Digital Commercial at BBC Studios and SVP of Digital at BBC Studios, respectively. Um, Nat, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about your role at BBC Studios and a little overview of what BBC Studios does. We're all familiar with BBC. I It's my favorite news network, here, even here in the States. But what is BBC Studios? For sure. Happy to. So, um, yeah, my role is, is VP Digital Commercial. In short, that is working uh, across the various different IP that we have within BBC Studios, be it BBC Earth through to Top Gear, through to Bluey, through to Doctor Who and beyond to build a sort of three-dimensional surround sound experience for that brand IP. Um, so what that means in real terms is, you know, creating original digital content for all of these different platforms um, and then from there working um, to monetize it in different ways. So that could be anything from pure play display video advertising through to brand partnerships, through to consumer revenues like subscriptions and clubs. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm three months in here and still sort of starting to, to piece the puzzle together, but we're, we're absolutely getting there. And um, yeah, very excited to be here at Studios. For, for anyone that, that doesn't know, BBC Studios is the commercial arm of the BBC. Um, we are for all intents and purposes, a, a British content company. You know, we uh, create, we develop, we produce, we distribute um, and monetize uh, content around the, the globe. And, you know, for, for the most part, we're very well known for our sort of long form TV programming, but more and more now we are working to build digital audiences. So creating digital original content across social platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, as well as our owned and operated websites. Um, but yeah, I've only been here three months, so Jasmine might be able to add a little bit more color to that. <laughs> Jasmine? Um, so yeah, so I'm a Senior Vice President of Digital. Um, I've been at BBC Studios uh, for five years and impressed that sort of in, in 12 weeks, Nat has definitely been able to uh, explain sort of who we are, what we do um, and where we're going. I think my focus um, is really on how do we bring our sort of production and content development teams um, really um, close together and working um, really integrated with Nat's team. But I'm also really focused on the what next. So when we look at our content portfolio, we've got some fantastic IP in there, such as Bluey and BBC Earth and Top Gear. But we also need to focus on what are the brands of the future, uh, the, the talent of the future, um, and what are those content formats of the future. And that is really where um, sort of I've been looking um, to sort of develop and, and figure out our, our next steps as we long range plan. Excellent. Well, Nat, you 
definitely had your work cut out for you. I mean, BBC Studios produces a lot. You know, you just kind of touched on the tip of the iceberg there. Um, a question for you both, and, and Jasmine, we'll start with you on this one. How do you feel about the state of original content right now and BBC Studios' role within it? I mean, there's so many options out there, but you know, BBC Studios has managed to really get a lot of content through the, the sort of noise that exists. Yeah, and I, I think you sort of you use the, the word I was going to use there was noise. It's an incredibly noisy market, um, and no matter where you consume your content, um, it is so noisy that you have to be thumb stopping to to really cut through. Um, and that means you have to know your audience, you have to know what's going to make them stop, um, and you have to be of interest past three seconds. Um, and it can be incredibly hard and there's always going to be new content in market. But I think we're well positioned to cut through that noise because we do have brands that develop passionate fan bases. Um, and, you know, you you will obviously want to discover as an individual the next the next thing that you can share with your friends, but you're also influenced by sort of what people are consuming who are your friends. So having that fantastic fan base is is really a a standing point for us. Um, But I I do think as the marketplace gets more cluttered, we have to be more thoughtful about how we develop our content um, and how we can make sure that our brands are relevant in this this new era. And Nat, your thoughts? Um, I guess I, I spent a decade in in digital. I mean, if not more, yeah, my whole career has been in digital. And so coming to a broadcaster, it's been um, it's been a learning curve. And I think if I take a zoom out, in reality, um, people are watching more content than ever. That's a fact. But I guess it's across an increasing number of digital platforms. And when we think about long form, you know, broadcasters like the BBC and indeed BBC Studios are well known for you know, delivering reach and scale um, of the, you know, top 10 um, shows that we've had across all broadcasters and streamers this year, BBC alone has delivered nine in the top 10. So they're delivering reach and scale. But fact of the matter is that content consumption trends are changing. If we look at younger audiences, they're watching or spending 50% of their time now on short form content, um, as opposed to sort of 25% of time for the general population. So to Jasmine's point, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of sort of fractured distribution. And um, our role is really to cut through that noise and create content that is meaningful on those platforms that stops people um, so that they can sort of truly spend time um, uh, where, they're, where they're kind of on the platforms that they're spending their time on. And so, uh, yeah, it's not a small ask because there's a, there's a fairly sizable sort of shift in focus and, and a fair amount of innovation that goes alongside it, but an exciting challenge to be had for sure. That's interesting that you actually touched on my next question a little bit already. When we look at, you know, all the people at Advertising Week New York last week, you know, we're recording this a little bit later than that. But, you know, one of the hot topics really is streaming and connected TV versus broadcast and which plays which role in in the programming that we watch moving, you know, just towards the future. How do you feel about that? balance so to speak and and where do you see that kind of going in the years ahead yeah it's really interesting one like (laughs) i don't think i don't think people differentiate i don't sit down in the evening and say i'm gonna watch some ctv tonight i'm gonna watch some (laughs) avod i'm gonna i'm gonna go and watch some short form content like that's not how people think um and so yeah fundamentally 
people's content consumption habits have changed and we need to create uh, the right message in the right space and the right platform. So your question was broadcast versus streaming, but I, I don't think I don't think it's I don't think that's where it's at. I think it's truly um, trying to understand the the different ways people are consuming and creating authentic content for that platform. And I think you know for a long time, um, many longer form players might be sort of guilty of cutting down long form content to create teasers to drive people back to those sort of long form viewing platforms. And I think gone are those days, we fundamentally believe that digital platforms are distribution channels in their own right. They're not just marketing plays. And, and people are starting to realize, actually, we need to invest in, in building meaningful audiences on those platforms. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's definitely one that people are waking up to. Jasmine, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I, I can only agree um, with Nat and say that sort of as a as a modern publisher, you would really hope that you don't care where people watch their content. It doesn't matter what platform, what vehicle. It's only that they do spend time with you and they, they can understand and feel that your storytelling is relevant to them. Um, I, I really liked the, the, I think it was Kale that were at the, the Creative Showcase. They talked about Barbie, they talked about the Eras Tour and, and TikTok. Um, and I felt they really hit the nail on the head with that, that you have to be relevant and it really doesn't matter where you're consuming your content and we shouldn't see this as a platform competition it should be about keeping people's attention and being relevant you know interesting i'm gonna let my inner fanboy out my inner bbc studios content fanboy out for just a moment here because i have a question that kind of relates to the marketing side of this and nat we'll start with you on this one um when it comes to the content you're creating i mean you have like literally legendary shows. I mean, stuff that just anybody would love to have in their roster of programming. What are the challenges that you see from a marketing perspective at BBC Studios in keeping that content in front of people and keeping it both relevant and as popular as it is? You know, when you think of things like Top Gear, you know, Luther, Doctor Who, these are legendary IP. And I'm always impressed that, you know, obviously they're wickedly high quality shows, but at the same time, you know, again, back to the noise thing, you know, there's so much out there. How do you continue to get all of this in front of people? It's a really good question. It's a really good question. I think it's a big reason why um, I think the power of IP positions people really well to win in this kind of very noisy environment. And that's why I think studios are super well positioned um, in this current world. Um, there's a, a place where perhaps for a long time, the distribution channels where there were very few, they were maybe, they held the power. And now given distribution is so fractured um, across so many different places, the one constant within that is IP. And I, I think the world of maybe TV, gaming, uh, even real world events, they're all starting to merge. And the one kind of, yeah, constant, the thread that runs through it is is IP. So on the basis that we we recognize that like that is the power that that helps or that's the flywheel that that drives your business. It's about continuing to invest in that IP to to drive fandom. And then off the back of that, you can mobilize those fans to do things, be it, you know, uh, support your brand advertisers in their mission to to sell product or indeed uh, sort of mobilize those fans to buy behind the scenes content subscriptions and clubs. And um yeah, your original question is like, how do you uh, build IP in this modern world? I mean, it's, it's a hard one, but I, I think it comes back full circle to um, for a long time, we were broadcasting a message 
to many people across few platforms. And now obviously there's, there's so many more platforms out there. And we have to understand that it's not now when you're on social platforms, broadcasting a message and shouting at it to people very, very loudly. It's understanding that that's a two-way conversation. Um, a great example would be that, you know, when we're creating content and posting it across uh, an Instagram, for example, we want people to to interact with that content. We want them to, uh, to to take it. We want them to remix that content. We want them to really engage with it. It's a, it's a much more fun and playful environment. And therefore, you know, creating engaging video content that 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 plays um, that role is kind of critical. Um, and if you don't appreciate that the landscape has shifted and you continue to kind of broadcast a message in a very one dimensional way, I think that kind of brand loses its color somewhat. Um, and, you know, you need a whole different set of capabilities, skill sets, um, experience to be able to deliver that three-dimensional brand experience. And I think we're only, you know, so many of us now are only really waking up to the, to the fact that that's kind of critical for success, but it's definitely the direction of travel. And Jasmine, do you have thoughts on this? Um, I think we are really lucky to have fantastic IP and ones that you mentioned, as well as, you know, we've got a really fantastic portfolio across kids and family, across unscripted um, and across sort of our, our full lifestyle and, um, and live entertainment. You know, we do everything from, you know, Glastonbury to Bluey, which is such a wide and diverse portfolio set. But I think it's one of those ones where, you know, we don't have the sort of the, the thing of tomorrow. And that's something that everyone is sort of really searching for. And I also think that the, the sort of move to really sort of look at uh, sort of digital first and influencer sort of talent is something that we're really looking at um, and making sure it's not about that sort of TV is the end goal. Um, and, and I think that's something that, you know, not only us, but so many streamers, broadcasters, publishers um, are not only looking at, but definitely could learn from. So I think that's that's the thing that I would really want to sort of crack over the next six months. Looking back to Advertising Week New York, and unfortunately, <laughs> due to the chaos that is Advertising Week New York, couldn't find the time to meet. But I want to get your thoughts on you know, the, the takeaways you had from the event and what you saw that, you know, was of interest to you or perhaps even surprised you. Jasmine, let's start with you on this one. It was a really well-attended event. Um, and in a different location to I've previously been, it was, um, it was amazing to see it unfold. Um, but I think sort of the things that I took away from it, people are struggling with the same things. Um, and, you know, I, you know, you couldn't see a day without AI being mentioned. Um, and people are looking at sort of how that revolutionizes their business, how it changes the content lifecycle, how it changes um, people's jobs. Um, and I think there is so many opportunities um, that were talked about. Um, threats were less talked about, and we're talking a lot about that um, sort of internally, um, but something I took away was, was ultimately that, you know, just like every big cultural shift, whether it be the invention of the internet, whether it's, you know, sort of other um, areas of the industry that have been transformed, there are going to be just as many opportunities and we're all sort of battling with the same conversations and investment uh, sort of debates internally. I think the other thing um, I took away um, was the relevancy point that we, we touched on earlier, um, and that the sort of what 
what stays true um, is being audience first and really completely understanding, you know, where they are, what they want to hear and what kind of content they want to engage with. You know, everyone from The Onion um, to Barbie and being sort of spoken to about from, you know, from TikTok to um, The Sun. I think, you know, they've all got, you know, such varied audiences but the way they're tackling their content distribution is so bespoke um, and that's how they're winning and that's how they're cutting through. And that? Yeah, it was a, a fantastic event. First time I've done Advertising Week in New York and it was, yeah, extraordinary. The size and scale of it was was quite something. But um, I think the thing that that I took away really is that, you know, the world is shifting from one of kind of reach and scale to more of kind of, community and, and niches and, and really trying to talk to a very specific audience with a very specific message. And Betches, I, I think the chief content officer there uh, did one piece, which was really talking about trying to drive loyalty amongst your fans, trying to understand really what drives uh, emotion within the content that you're creating, which I thought was interesting. And uh, we also attended a TikTok launch, which, which was fantastic. And you'd probably say, you know, given being a, a big platform, there'd be um, probably guilty of taking advertisers' budgets and putting it into a black box to deliver a performance outcome. And um, a lot of those big platforms have been doing that for years. But I think people are waking up to the fact that like, that does narrow the size of your audience over time and brand building absolutely has a part to play. Um, so it's interesting to hearing those guys talk about going beyond last click attribution, talking about the power of the impression and really trying to understand the role that different parts of, or, or your media mix, different parts of your media mix have in that kind of path to purchase. Um, so yeah, I think one the, the big overall theme for me was, yeah, the power of, of brand, the power of um, sort of a, a real meaningful relationship with your audience and the ability to mobilize them to sort of deliver an outcome for you or your your advertiser, I thought was, was an interesting theme that, that kind of constantly kept coming up. Jasmine kind of opened the door for this. Let's look at the road ahead for both content and BBC Studios, and let's call it a year, maybe two. Jasmine, what do you see as what's coming in the future? Something we talked about earlier is the fact that we are so privileged to have fantastic IP um, and brands within our content stable, and we have massive fan bases um, across the world. Um, we want to be able to do more with them. We want to be able to offer them more. Um, and that is something that we're looking at in terms of thinking about new subscription models um, and different ways to enhance our storytelling that can make them feel part of something bigger. Um, and I think that is increasingly important to us, um, not only when it comes to our audiences, but when it comes to our data as well. Um, and that sort of touched on this briefly as to sort of, you know, we were really impressed with the TikTok luncheon and, and how they were tackling you know, not only attribution, but big data and, and how they were really transforming that for their clients. We want to be able to have a proper first party play with those fan bases. Um, and that's why we really see the opportunity to not only be able to cut through and be relevant to them, but offer them something more that's an owned experience. And that, how do you think it looks for you? Jasmine's comments there just kind of really got me me thinking. I do think that the pendulum is swinging um community is is absolutely the new currency and brands are or advertisers are, are kind of really keen to to work with brands in that space and 
you know, great example is is BBC Earth. Like it's it's tr- a tremendous brand, well known because of its sort of landmark series like Frozen Planet, um, Blue Planet, um, that sort of thing. But actually, how do you take that audience on a journey across those different platforms? So, you know, we, we've got a podcast that is, that's in its fifth season. We've got uh, an owned or operated website. We've, we've got, you know, content, original content going out across all of these sort of digital and social platforms. But to Jasmine's point, how do you then connect all of those different touch points, some of which sit in walled gardens, but how do you then use interesting sort of data techniques to connect all of those to build a really clear view on the different audience personas that sit across that. So you can then sort of package that up uh, and take that to, to advertisers. And, and we're well on that journey, which is, which is really exciting. Um, And I think that's going to be, that's going to be the big focus realistically for the next 12 months. Um, It's definitely somewhat on uncharted territory for us, but I think as we've been kind of mentioning, we're very well positioned with this sort of flywheel of strong IP and audience that sit at the heart of it to kind of power our, our strategy going forward. Well, Jasmine, Nat, thanks so much for being on the show today. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Cheers, Richard. Thank you. Thanks for listening to AW360. For more podcasts like this one, be sure to check out Advertising Week's ever-growing roster of podcasts for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, including our flagship podcast, Great Minds, you can find those at www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts.